You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane, here breaking down Patriots, Colts, and all things Week 9, somehow, in the NFL with my good buddy, Rich Hill. Uh, Rich Hill, in years past, we would be past the halfway point in the NFL season, but now, at halftime of this upcoming game, we'll be exactly halfway through the season. Because I talk Colts-Patriots, definitely a different complexion than usually this game is due to quarterback situations and everyone being kind of bad this year. But <laughs> game. First up, how you doing, buddy? You all right? I am doing all right. I am doing all right. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this week. I don't know if you've looked at the, the schedule yet, but I feel like this is one of those sneaky, very exciting weeks uh, where there's a lot of good football. Uh, on, on the docket here, especially a lot of divisional games. Um, I, you know, you got the the Bills and the Jets, which would normally be a huge snooze. Uh, but you know, Bills are six and one, Jets are five and three. I know they're coming up a, a loss against the Patriots, but uh, and also like the Bills are by far and away the most dominant team in the entire league, despite somehow losing a game, and the Eagles being undefeated. But what do you think? Do you think the Jets have any chance of winning? Given the way this season's gone, absolutely. The Bills are. I think the Bills are on. A, a absolute tear against the, the Packers. Something's got to give every team. Patriots are definitely not immune to this, even when they were really, really good. Plays that kind of stinker off maybe a primetime game. I can see the Jets winning this game. But again, nothing really makes sense this season. I think the game of the week, mark my words, I'm going to be on record saying it, it's going to be Raiders-Jaguars. Ooh. Only because they're just two really bad teams. <laughs> it seems that bad teams have the best games every week. Evidenced by Falcons versus Panthers last week that came down to the wire and that Hail Mary in overtime. Eagles-Texans might be a good game tonight. Uh, I doubt it, but you never know. <laughs> Eagles can't win all of them. And uh, Dolphins-Bears is suddenly interesting for some reason because the Dolphins just loaded up. They got some new 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 talent. The Bears are in kind of a fire sale, so I'll be curious to see what happens there. And maybe Titans-Chiefs yep. could be a good game. So a lot of fun football coming up on Sunday. Totally. I mean, I think that the Titans are surprisingly five and two, but they were also frisky last year. And the Chiefs always seem to like fall a few against some teams that you feel like very surprised about. And I wouldn't be shocked if like Derrick Henry went off for 150 in this game. And if he does that, I can see them keeping it close with the Chiefs. I don't know if we'll pull it off, but I can see it being close. My game of the week is going to be Seahawks at the at the Cardinals. Uh, Geno Smith coming off of his NFC Offensive Player of the Month award, his first time in his career. He is having just what an incredible resurgence. I'm so happy for him. This is reminding me a lot of like when Alex Smith went to the Chiefs after just like a disastrous like seven seasons or whatever with the 49ers and then just became like a solid franchise quarterback option, like, you know, right around the top 10 uh, in the league. If Gino can pull that off for the next five to 10 years, that'd be awesome. I'd be so happy for him. Um, but I, I think that on the road against the Cardinals, pretty good matchup. Like I, the Seahawks are surprising everyone. The Cardinals are a little bit lackluster, like a lot of teams are uh, this year. And so that could be one that I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a 30-30 game towards the end. Yeah. No, you never know. Again, this is just a, it's, it's a fun, fun year of football from an objective standpoint. It's a, probably a stressful one for a lot of teams who are not fans, who are not fans of the Bills and, and the Chiefs because you just don't know what's going to happen every single week and the games you're supposed to win are really close or you get blown out. And uh, it allows for a lot of speculation and a lot of fun. I'm sure tons of money is being won and lost on this <laughs> and whatnot. Uh, speaking of games that teams should win, but you never know what's going to happen because it's kind of a wild year in the NFL. 
The Patriots and Colts used to be must-watch TV every year during the Brady versus Manning era. Then even the Brady versus Luck era, it was an exciting game. Uh, this one has a little bit more of that 2011 flavor to it. I believe it was Curtis Painter who was the quarterback <laughs> of, the, of the Colts uh, when Peyton Manning had that neck surgery and the Patriots blew him out at home. Patriots are again hosting the Colts, led by all-star quarterback Sam Ellinger. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not even sure. Um, he is a sixth round draft pick out of Texas, Texas. All right. Uh, everyone knows the six round quarterbacks are always awful. So not a chance. Anything good there. A lot of people don't know a lot about this team. There's not a lot of star power beyond Jonathan Taylor. Who's banged up. They just traded their third down back to Buffalo. They have some decent, decent defensive linemen, but this isn't a team that's turning any heads or exciting anybody. What are your early thoughts on this game, Rich? Yeah, I mean, this is a game that the Patriots should win, just like they should have beaten the Bears. So I'm not going to put anything out against them. My, my first thought goes to uh, the Patriots-Colts game last year, which I think we would be remiss not to acknowledge. Uh, that was when the wheels came off for the Patriots last year. They had, they had been looking hot, and then they played this Colts game, uh, and it was just bad. Uh, the Patriots lost 27 to 17 in part because, uh, the, you know, the, the Colts blocked a punt and scored a touchdown off of it. Belichick mentioned how great this Colts special teams unit is. Uh, I would expect that to be a big difference maker this week as well. And then Jonathan Taylor had a backbreaking 67 yard rush to, to put the game away with two minutes to go right after the Patriots had pulled it within, you know, 20 to 17 and felt pretty good about it. That was kind of just like this game didn't make sense. I mean, you look at the just like how it worked out. The Colts were two for 10 on third down, but they went three for three on fourth. So the Patriots were doing a great job putting them in a tough situation. The Colts just were aggressive and kept going for it. I would expect a similar level of aggression uh, this time around. Carson Wentz was under center. He only completed five passes for 57 yards, uh, which if you told me that, I'd be like, Patriots win that in a blowout. Um, but Jonathan Taylor had 170 yards and a score on the ground. And so uh, is Sam Ellinger going to do a little bit more? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. He, he completed uh, 74% of his passes for 200 yards last week against the commanders. Uh, I still don't think that he's you know going to be the difference in this game, um, but at least it seems like the, the Colts have a little bit more ability at quarterback, which is wild to say with Ellinger versus Wentz. Um, but it is, this is just like, the the Colts won on all of the margins. Um, and so I, I think that if the, the Patriots are able to uh, tighten up, like, honestly, this is like the story of every single week this year, where it's just like, if the Patriots could avoid turning the ball over, uh, they'll be in a good spot. <laughs> and they just like, can't do that. So uh, honestly, that's where my mind goes, is if the Patriots can protect the football, they can have as good a chance as any to win this. All right, so let's start with the Patriots offense versus the Colts defense. I think this is a scenario where the Patriots, against again, it's it's weakness versus strength, and strength versus weakness. The Patriots offense not being at the same caliber as the Patriots defense is. They're going into this game against a Colts defense. Has a decent defensive front. There's some good players along the defense, the front defensive line. Not great in the secondary. Stephon Gilmore obviously is a very good cornerback, but he's on the back end of his career. He's not like an elite shutdown corner anymore. Uh, he does. He has a pick uh, the, the one time he played against him with the Panthers, so maybe we'll see that again. Uh, are you you going to go is this the Ramondre Stevenson show again on the ground you're going to air it out a little more what's your primary strategy for Matt Patricia for this game yeah it's it's a hard one because this is a overall solid Colts defense I know part of it is boosted by the fact that they play just the atrocious AFC South which I will always mention uh and like they're playing against the Titans twice and they played against the Jaguars twice twice and they had a game against the Texans and against the Broncos so like 
And I mean, also, I'll just throw the commanders in there. They, the only good team that they played is the Chiefs, and uh, they somehow won that. So this is why I'm like, I have no idea what to expect on this one. Um, but they are not good at turning the ball over, like forcing takeaways. But where they are good is stopping the run. Grover Stewart is one of the best nose tackles in the entire league. Uh, he just eats up so much space. And uh, he is someone that, you know, you look across their defensive front, uh, DeForest Buckner, great defensive lineman, although I know that he's also dealing with a shoulder injury, but he should be available. Uh, and then you just look at the edge uh, that they have with Yannick Ngakwe. Like they have good players on that defensive line. And then, you know, they have very fast linebackers. Uh, it, so I, I think when I'm looking at the Patriots, I try to target everyone that's uh, maybe you go to the outside a little bit with Stevenson. This is not a game that you're going to win hat on hat. Because the Patriots, if David Andrews is still not able to go with his concussion, um, but also with just like how poor the Patriots offensive line was doing against the Jets last week, this is just as difficult of a game against the Colts. Uh, and I honestly think that the Patriots have more luck testing the defensive backs of the Colts to the outside. I mean, this has to be a game where we get the receivers involved. As we talked about on our last podcast, the entirety, literally the entirety of the Patriots offense against the Jets on Sunday was Ramondre Stevenson, Jacoby Myers. That was it. There were two catches combined for the receivers for the Patriots against the Jets. I think the tight ends combined for me two or three catches. It was a two-man show, and you just can't have that again, especially at home, against a defensive line that knows how to get home. I want to make Tyquan Thornton my defensive, my offensive X factor for this week. A couple deep shots of him. I just don't know if they're going to have time, but those plays develop, and it might be a great way to do like a death by a thousand cut style of uh, of offense and i think the best way to do that besides jacoby myers is honestly kendrick Bourne. the patriots made no moves at the, the trade deadline they, yep. they got calls about Bourne. they got calls about Aguilar. there was obviously interest in moving them new england had no interest in moving them which leads me to believe due to my genius level of football analysis that they want to keep them so they can use them offensively on the field and that hasn't really happened in any capacity. There are ways to get Bourne involved. We saw it all last season, the quick outs, the jet sweeps, the, the lateral double end arounds. Like, he's a talented player. They have to get him involved. So this has to be a big Pendrick Bourne game. It cannot be another Jacoby Myers 12 catches for 100 yards kind of game with Stevenson. Mm. The rest of the thing we, we can't have that going forward so this has to be the game where a receiver breaks out and of the three that i'm thinking of i'm gonna go with born as my x factor because i think he's got the most versatility oh interesting i'm gonna go complete opposite on you on this one uh, i think this is an enormous uh, jacoby myers game uh, i think you look at how the colts play defense gus bradley their defensive coordinator people should be familiar with him from his time with the jaguars the seahawks the chargers he is just a cover three defensive mind and how do the Patriots historically attack this with checkdowns to the running backs? And so Ramondi Street Stevenson's going to have a huge day uh, on the ground. But I think also who always stands out against these types of defense, it's always been the Julian Edelman types. And I think that that's where Jacoby Myers is going to stand out. I, I think that with the Patriots, if Devontae Parker is not able to go, which he's not expected to, you have Tyquan Thornton on the outside. I think you put Kendrick Bourne also on the outside and they're just going to siphon away Stephon Gilmore. Uh, and also, I believe Kenny Moore, I know he plays a little bit in the slot, but I, I think that the Patriots can find a way to force those matchups because Kenny Moore is very good um, to give Jacoby Myers the favorable matchups on the inside, because you look at the worst uh, coverage players on this Colts team. It's their linebackers. And like, what's the best way to attack the cover three is with the seams is going on the interior uh, and finding those checkdowns and giving the players op like space to operate. 
And so Jacoby Myers is actually going to be my X factor. I think that this is going to be a hundred plus yard couple of score game for him. Uh, and also, you know, I expect Stevenson to be another hundred yard day, but primarily off uh, through the air. I wouldn't be not, I would not be surprised by that. And, and so I, I think if I'm the Patriots, uh, I'm not going to waste my time trying to pound the rock against this very, very stout defensive interior. You might have to do it a little bit and like, maybe it'll work towards the end of the game, but this is not a team that you can, uh, run over in the way that you might with some other teams. And instead, I think that the Patriots are going to try and chew up yards in the middle of the field and like maybe even involve the tight ends. I would love to see Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith get more involved on the interior. And this is the defense to do to against. I'd like to see a tight end touchdown. That'd be, yes. nice too. Um, that'd be a good thing. I mean, I think another easy X factor, we didn't do it because for me, at least it was an obvious one. Like the, we need a big bounce back day from the offensive line in general. Very so weak overall. Cole Strange had a bad game. He got benched. Briefly, Isaiah Wynn got bounced around. They just really got slapped around by the Jets. And again, like you mentioned, the Colts defensive front is, I don't know if they're as good as the Jets, but they're in that, they're in the neighborhood. And so I'm hoping it'll be a scenario where Mac Jones is not running for his life. I think Mac Jones got a bit of an unfair shake right from the critics this past mm-hmm. week about how poorly he played. He didn't play great. I want to sit here and say that he was a, a lights out player, but he was just on the run all the time there was no time to do anything the routes couldn't develop it just wasn't really a, an advantageous return game for him so hopefully we'll see that a lot more and i just want to see i mean as happy as i am for nick folk to win afc player of the week i would love to not deny him the opportunity <laughs> back because he's not needed to kick five freaking field goals uh two yeah. of which are over 50 yards i just don't want to see that happen again because the patriots have half to score touchdowns we cannot have any more of these 16 play 60 yard drives and in three points it just can't happen because the defense can't keep them in the game forever the good news is though rich hill i think the defense grossly outmatches this colts offense uh, yeah. i think this is a huge mismatch it's basically jonathan taylor and that's kind of it in terms of offensive weapons. I mean, Michael Pittman uh, is a decent quarterback. Alec Pierce is having a good rookie season, but he's not a a world beater. Uh, what are your biggest concerns other than Jonathan Taylor from this Colts offensive uh, front? What are they going to do to gash the Patriots if they can't get the ball going on the ground? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think the question will always be with how do uh, Belichick, Steve Belichick, how do they defend against a young quarterback like Ellinger? And uh I think you try to put the game in his hands. You try and just stack the box against Jonathan Taylor, even though he's had a lot of success against it. I do think that uh, I don't want to undervalue these Colts players. I think Pittman is, if he were on any other team, people would be like, oh, he's an up and coming kind of guy here. Uh, And then Alec Pierce is, uh, you know, 373 yards as a rookie through seven games, averaging over 50 yards a game. Nothing to sneeze at. Uh, I actually really liked him coming out of the draft. And I I thought that, uh, you know, he's one of the biggest freak athletes to ever come out at the receiver position. And so, they have talent there. Paris Campbell coming out of the slot. Another guy that takes up a lot, a lot of snaps here. Um, I, I think that this is a team that like they have options. Um, the question comes down to like, is Ellinger the type of player at this stage of his career to be able to do it? And like, how much can we learn from earlier in the year when Matt Ryan was under center? Because this is an entirely different beast. And you look at his start last week against Washington, and he had nine targets to Michael Pittman. He had five to Alec Pierce. He had uh, two to Paris Campbell, who's kind of their gadget, like Debo Samuel-esque do it all. Two to Naheem Hines, who's not actually on the team anymore. He was traded to the Bills. And then three to Kylan Branson. And so this is, uh, he seems to have like comfortability distributing the ball across like all the different positions, whether it's the running backs, wide receivers, like he, he's not focal pointing on any single individual person. That said, uh, they rely on a lot of the home runs here. 
Uh, Paris Campbell had a 38 yard catch. Alec Pierce had a 47 yard catch. Uh, and so if the Patriots can like force Ellinger to lead these long extended drives, I think that they'll be fine. I, I think that they can't, uh, you know, or maybe if they, they do replicate their defensive form against the jets, they'll be okay. Like if you can stop their running game in a way that like they've done against the Browns uh, and they did against the jets, but they definitely didn't do against the bears and the, the Ravens. Uh, if they can stop the true running game, then the the Colts really won't have a, a lot to overcome uh, with the big caveat being that the Patriots have to win the turnover battle here. Uh, the, the three games that they've gotten wiped out, uh, you know, against the, the Ravens bears and the dolphins, they got, rushed on the turnover margin. Uh, and, and I think that if uh, most games, Patriots have been able to force multiple turnovers. If they're able to replicate that here, force two turnovers, they're going to win this one comfortably. If, 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 indeed. Uh, I don't know how much film you've watched on the Colts. I haven't watched too much Colts games, especially with the with Ellinger games. But he does seem to have some mobility and some pocket presence. He does seem hard to bring down in the backfield. He's not yeah. a Lamar Jackson or even a Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, one thing I'll give him credit for, on Sunday's game is he did a phenomenal job extending the play in the backfield, avoiding sacks, avoiding pressure, and then throwing it to Devin McCourty, which was the bad thing he did. But <laughs> he was he was very good at, at preventing negative plays. And then when it was like third and 18, he'd hit for, for big chunk plays. You mentioned that the Patriots can't give up these big chunk plays that the Colts tend to rely on. I mean, all season, they've given up big chunk plays. It seems like they're good for one gain of 26 on third and 14 at least once a game. Uh, is this a situation where they're going to, I don't say game plan specifically for Sam Ellinger, but the Colts are yeah. installing quarterback runs into totally. their packages. So that's something they have to watch out for. So how do they how do they kind of right the ship with mobile quarterbacks who are not of a Lamar Jackson level of athleticism where you're just going to have to just deal with it because you just can't compete with them athletically? Totally. Well, what's frustrating too, is that like, he's that, uh, Alex Smith, uh, I, I know that there's like multiple in the league that aren't giraffes, you know, quarterbacks that like, obviously aren't going to be the Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields of the world, but like, or like Josh Allen, you give them like a couple inches though. And they'll convert a frustrating number of third downs. Like Ellinger had almost 2000 rushing yards, uh, when he was in college, uh, over four seasons. And so like, He's mobile. He's not going to dominate on the ground, but he's not afraid to take off running. And that puts it push puts stress on the Patriots defense to actually just like continue to be in position. And, uh, you know, you look at how, what he did uh, against the Washington, he had six runs, uh, you know, 15 yards coming off of it. And so this is a situation where the Patriots have to be highly aware. Adrian Phillips is going to have to do a lot out there. I imagine he's going to play a big factor on that. Jabril Peppers as well will uh, you know, have to build off of a strong game that he had against the Jets. Um, but I, I think primarily my X factor is going to be Matthew Judon because when you look at how the Patriots have struggled against the Bears and the Ravens, it's whenever Judon has really bad gap control. Dietrich Wise, I trust completely on the other side. He has that Trey Flowers energy of like, he'll get the sack, but he's not going to give up the lane. I think with Judon, you see him sell out to try and get after the quarterback far too often, which leaves huge lanes for the quarterback to run through. And like, that's fine if you're playing against the Joe Flacco's and Peyton Manning's of the world, but it does not work when you're playing against someone who can just do the Alex Smith, like get six yards here and extend the drive because that's how you break the back here. That's how you break the Patriots defensive back and allow the Colts to stay in a game that they shouldn't be in. And so if Matthew Judon's able to sit back in his lane, 
you know, he can still pressure the quarterback, give on like third and super long kind of a thing, but he has to have that gap integrity uh, in order for the Patriots to contain Ellinger. And if they can contain Ellinger, if Judon can do his job in that way and not allow a lot of busted runs in his direction, the Patriots are going to be very comfortable. I'd love to see somebody do a, a metric of the number of times Matthew Judon has swatted at the quarterback's jersey and missed by like less than three inches. <laughs> happen all the time. He's right there and like reaches for him and then he just misses him. That's a, that's a really interesting point. Uh, and again, as quarterbacks get more athletic and more mobile, we're going to see that more and more. I think I don't think they're going to suddenly go back to the Drew Bledsoe model. We're seeing these kids come out of college that just can do it all. And Josh Allen's probably maybe the original prototype of that. Um, I'm going to go with Jawan Bentley as my X factor. I like uh, it. As, as a representative of the linebackers as a whole, I think they're playing better. The linebacking unit, they're still not world beaters. Uh, Bentley's definitely the captain of that, that squad. My offseason prediction of Dante Hightower coming back is looking more and more ridiculous as each <laughs> passes. Uh, I'm going to have to just own that one. But uh, I think Bentley is, is, has stepped up his game in a way that I'm impressed with. I'd like to see him continue to take some some leaps because the linebacker core, I think of the, 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 the offensive line, the linebacker core, and the secondary, they're the weak link there. Um, they're not costing teams games, but as the defensive line fails to bring quarterbacks down in a way that's meaningful, that leaves the linebackers kind of on an island with the lateral coverage. And uh, he's probably the guy to kind of bridge the gap between the secondary and the defensive line. So I want a good game from Bentley and the linebackers on Sunday. Yeah, no, I mean, that's crucial. I mean, if, if, if Jonathan Taylor goes wild, then anything can happen in this game. Uh, and Jawan Bentley is player number one when it comes to being able to stop them. So completely agree. And we, I mean, we always talk about this. The Patriots defense goes as their linebackers do. And so if uh, Jawan Bentley is able to have a strong day, I think that the Patriots will be totally fine. Uh, don't want to undersell the fact that the Colts are totally the type of team that can hang around here, especially if the Patriots get sloppy and turn the ball over against this very good defense. Don't want to undersell this. They have a lot of talent in there. But if the Patriots can protect the football, if they can finish the drives, uh, and hopefully you know they have such structural experience against this cover three defense of Gus Bradley, that I'm hoping and believing that they'll be in a good position to do it and force the Colts to become one-dimensional. If they can force the Colts to be one-dimensional like they did against the Jets, then this should be a, another uh, comfortable victory. Could be. Uh, last question I'll ask before we get to predictions. Uh, what do you think is more likely to happen here, Patriots, Colts? Uh, Mac Jones does not throw an interception or a tight end scores a touchdown? Oh, uh, you say what's more likely to happen? Yes. I think it's more likely that a tight end scores a touchdown. I, I, think, I know. I, 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 I'd, I'd say the odds for uh, Mac Jones not throwing an interception, uh, these are both worse than a coin flip kind of a thing. Uh, I, I would say that I'd put the odds at Mac Jones throwing a, an interception at like 65%. Like I, I'm, I would say it's more likely than not that he does. Um, but I also think that it's uh, – unlikely that the Patriots tight end score just because I have no faith. I have no faith that the Patriots are going to get them involved because uh, despite how great the Patriots red zone offense was when Hunter Henry was on his stretch of like eight straight games with the score last year, uh, it seems like the Patriots forgot. I don't know. It's like when in Game of Thrones, when uh, Benioff and Weiss were just like, uh, Daenerys lost a dragon because she just kind of forgot about the bad guys. It's like Patriots just kind of forgot that they had a really productive red zone receiver uh in hunter henry and have just gone away from it it's very sad uh also disappointing i imagine that they'll figure it out though um i i don't think this will be the game i assume that they'll take the bye week to reassess uh but i, I don't think it'll be this game that the tight end will score oh good glad to hear it yeah you know just good for one picking <laughs> game and it's going to continue this this season all right rich <laughs> you want to talk something else to get the predictions 
Let's do it. Let's go to predictions. All right. So you had the Jets winning last week. I had the Patriots winning last week. So I have the hammer this one. Uh, Patriots, Colts. You know, I think they. I think they have to go. Kind of. They can only afford to lose one game in this kind of weaker stretch when before it gets really bad after the bye week, and they have to win this one. If they don't lose, if they lose at home to this Colts team, uh, then go into the bye, that could be such a demoralizing thing you have to just sit and stew with for two straight weeks. Yep. It's a home game. There's no reason not to lose, not to win this one. I think the Patriots are a better team on both sides of the ball. They come over the victory here. I'm, I don't think the Colts are going to have any much luck scoring. So I think the Patriots win this one, something that's around this league of uh, 24 to 10. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by that. I'm going to say I'm also going to pick the Patriots to win, but I think it'll be a little bit closer. And I kind of expect this to be a little bit more of a high scoring affair. Um, I, I think I just look at the teams that have been able to put up points against the this Colts defense. Uh, the Jaguars twice, the Titans, like how did they do it? Uh, they were productive on the ground. You know, Jaguars put up 243 rushing yards against the Jaguars in week six. Uh, the Titans did 127 in week uh, week four. Like, I could see Stevenson having a day. Like, I, I don't think that, like, the Patriots will rely on him fully in the way that, like, I don't think that they can capitalize on this Colts defensive front. But I think that if the Patriots are able to get a little bit of a lead, that gives the Patriots more versatility, and Stevenson can definitely capitalize on that with the, the defenses on its heels. And... To that end, I, I think that the Patriots will be able to put up points against this defense. I think that they'll be able to step up again uh, against the, this Colts offense. Uh, and I'm going to put the Patriots winning this one, something in the tune of 30 to 17. All right, 30, 17. We marked it down. It's going to be a little hard to do the math when we come back. We both have 13 or 14 point victories, so I will have to figure that out if and when it happens. Hopefully it'll be a problem to worry about because the Patriots win this one. <laughs> It's, that, that's it for me, Rich, but it uh, should be a fun game. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be really looking forward to the bye coming after this because everyone needs a break. Oh, totally. I completely agree. We'll break this down uh, next weekend also, like talk through like the mid-year accolades and everything like that. Uh, but Alec, been a pleasure for the first half of the season. Until next time, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Bye. Later.